When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the solar panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hey folks, Dave King here. Welcome back to the solar panel, another edition. I've got a special interview today with NBA insider Michael Scotto. Mike is with HoopsHype.com. He gets a lot of inside information, a lot of contacts with front offices around the league and players as well. And he talked, he, he did a podcast on the latest on the Aiden and Bridges and even Landry Shaman extensions. So I delved into that with him a little bit today, specifically on those players and all the other Sun storylines as well. So have a listen. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michael. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Dave. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. So you wrote an article. The reason we have you on here today is obviously we've got some drama. Finally in Phoenix, there's been no drama for the past year and all summer. There's been no drama. Everything has gone perfect since the bubble a year ago. Uh, That was barely over a year ago. And everything's gone as perfectly as they possibly could for the Phoenix Suns until now, which was always my biggest fear. My biggest fear was what is the ownership going to do with the rookie extensions for both DeAndre Ayton and Mikkel Bridges, uh, and now they've even added Landry Shamet. You wrote on there, or talked about this, excuse me, on a podcast uh, with your buddy there at hoopshype.com and the other day and talked about the latest on these guys on their extensions. Now, just to get the listeners up to speed, this is Wednesday, uh, five days before the deadline for rookie extensions to be signed. The genesis here is that a rookie extension allows you to go a little bit um, higher on on some numbers than you otherwise could if, if there was a restricted free agent offer made to one of your players. You can give them more money right now on an extension, and uh, you can go full five years and all that. Both DeAndre Aiden and Mikel Bridges are up for extensions, most notably, but also Landry Shaman. You touched on all three of those guys on your podcast. So, Without further ado, Michael, uh, can you give us, uh, obviously they should listen to your full podcast for all the information on all the rookie eligible guys, but let's focus on the Suns guys. Michael, what do you got on the latest for the Phoenix Suns extensions? Sure. I mean, what starts, Dave, with DeAndre, and I mean, he's clearly looking for a max contract, him and his representation with uh, Bill Duffy and BDA Sports and uh, Neiman Namakian as well. Um, So, you know, at, at this point, um, you know, he touched on it the other day at practice. He said he loves Phoenix, but he's really disappointed they haven't gotten a deal done and how they were two wins away from a championship. And 
He said, I just really want to be respected, to be honest, like my peers are being respected by their teams. Um, for me, the situation reminds me of the talks Atlanta had with John Collins when he was eligible for an extension uh, last year. Uh, the difference is obviously and then the Suns went further than the Hawks did with Collins. So, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if Phoenix wants to maybe try to get a middle ground between where Collins got and a max for Aiton. But, you know, this is the price you pay on a premium when you are two wins away from the finals. Uh, if I'm a Suns fan, uh, I, I would just be concerned that you don't want this to linger over these guys uh, going into the season when you're trying to get back uh, to the finals again. And, and as far as Mikhail Bridges, um, you know, some believe, you know, he could be valued in the 20 plus million dollar annual range uh, from those I've spoken to around the league. Uh, versatile three and D guy knows his role, came from a winning program in Villanova. Um, a lot of teams would be interested in him if he hit the restricted free agency market. Um, and, you know, Landry Shamit, the guy who kind of gets lost in the shuffle here a little bit because he just got acquired for Javon Carter uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they've had ongoing dialogue about a possible extension. And one source I spoke to categorized it at, as 50-50, uh, you know, days away here from the deadline. And, um, you know, I, Again, you can find all this on the Hoopside podcast, and I have a transcript post on it on Hoopside.com as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's dive into each one of these a little bit. With DeAndre Ayton, the speculation we've had around here is not, and this is all speculation third hand, the Suns are extremely close to the vest. The speculation around here is not necessarily that the Suns are balking or or stopping short of the 25% number they uh the negotiations are likely in the what gets him to 30% of the salary cap is that how you're hearing it or have you heard anything like the Suns are trying to go even lower than the 25% I hadn't heard anything about them going lower than the 25% I just think it comes down to but I'll say this I mean ultimately my sense was that they wanted to get a max for Eaton. Now, specifically, was that the 25 or the 30 percent? Um, dive too deep on it, but I would assume as much as you can, every penny, considering sure. where they just came from. And you also look at the, the recent extensions for like Michael Porter Jr., you know, Trey Young got paid, a bunch of guys. So um, he's going to try to maximize it as much as he can. I think what's interesting for Eaton that's different for some of these other players is that the center position is. Uh, not as valued as highly in the league as it was previously. So I think maybe that's where they could be trying to skim a little bit on money. But the other thing that I, I look at, Dave, is that, you know, you're, you're going to pay Chris Paul. You're going to be over the tax anyway. It's, that's the point. When you have a good team, yeah. you're going over the tax to keep all these guys. So I don't know. The whole penny-pinching thing to me, I don't know if that really – moves the needle in a positive direction for Phoenix. Yeah, I'm not the owner. I don't have to worry about luxury tax implications. But, um, you know, you haven't had a good team like this that's young also. I mean, I know Chris Paul's older, but um, these are core young guys. I would think you want to keep them. And you know that they could play winning and meaningful basketball in the playoffs. That's when they had their best showings. So I would think they get rewarded. But – you know, I, I just think it's part of the negotiations, and I would like to think the push come to shove, 
uh, both DeAndre and Mikael Bridges get something done beforehand. I would like to think that, but time will tell. Right, time will tell. Yeah, the, Robert Sarver is um, in some ways real easy to read and other ways hard to read. Week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers just bet $1 on any NFL game and win 100 bucks in free bets if either team scores a point. That's all they got to do is score a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Fantasy Sports Contests on a daily basis. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win 100 bucks in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. He has a reputation, the Suns owner, of overspending on the wrong guys and underspending on the wrong guys. Uh, that's that's the problem. Is he's not necessarily a penny pincher, but he does look for the best possible deal he can get. He's only actually given out two max contracts since he's taken over as the owner of the Suns 17 years ago. Um, he gave out a max, a full max to Amari Stoudemire as a rookie extension in 2005, which is really interesting. Lost in the shuffle of the whole whole Joe Johnson debacle where he could have gotten Joe Johnson for 10 million a year the year before the summer of 2004 um, on an extension a rookie extension but while after making Joe Johnson wait out the year because they were fighting over literally a million dollars a year Joe Johnson wanted 10 million he wanted to pay 9 million Joe Johnson goes to restrictive free agency insists on his on, on the way out Part of the reason Sarver was uh, frustrated, or not frustrated, but uh, trying to save a little bit of money there was because Amari Stoudemire was up for the same rookie extension, Max, rookie extension that he ended up getting that October, and then eight days later went out for microfracture. Um, But Amari reportedly showed up to training camp and signed that extension, the Max extension, and uh, started training camp before deciding to go undergo the surgery. Um, So Sarver, that was the last time Sarver had two big, extensions at once pending and that was a year after he bought the team and spent the money on steve nash which is kind of similar to chris paul and um had already already knew he was spending on amari stoudemire um he had to spend on amari stoudemire and so and he already had sean marion in the loop in the fold which is kind of like today's devin booker so the first chance he got to do this with a double max double big extension he flailed on it ended up trading Joe Johnson and regretting it later. He actually went on radio a couple of years uh, toward the end of the seven seconds or less. He says biggest regret was not closing on that Joe Johnson deal the year before and ruining that relationship. So how is it possible that he's going to do it again? He's right back here. Again, they had Steve Nash and and Sean Marion under huge contracts, um, just like they back then that they do have Chris Paul and Devin Booker now. And you have two big extensions looming at the same time to your third and fourth best players. 
hopefully Robert Sarver will see the light and close on these deals instead of trying to penny pinch. But he has a reputation of pinching. The only other max he's ever given out, partially because he traded all his draft picks and then um, finally started drafting again, was Devin Booker. And that wasn't even a batting of an eyelash. Devin Booker got everything because he was their only guy, kind of like Shea, Shea got everything this summer because he was the Thunder's only guy. Um, do you, uh, I, I know you probably haven't heard a whole lot, but I don't know if you have. Have you heard a whole lot about um, people's feelings about what Sar how Sarver is factoring into this versus um, uh, you know prior years? Any any developments on that end? Well, I touched on it on a recent story about restricted free agency, but I know one agent in particular told me that this reminded him of the Joe Johnson situation you referenced and how that could have cost them uh, one to two titles. And so here, um, you know, them being restricted, I mean, they would be able to be retained, but it's like, it's really more about the relationships with the players. Um, so we'll see. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think that um, I, for me, I wouldn't want to mess with chemistry going into a critical year like this. Yeah, right. So it, with Aiton, it's going to be somewhere between the 25 and 30% if he agrees. Um, he's, I'm sure his folks are pushing for the, for the chance at the full 30. You don't pay the 30 unless he makes All-NBA. And if he makes All-NBA, you should pay the 30. Um, and then let's talk about Bridges for a second. John Hollinger has this very complicated formula. I know you're not um, uh, in with Joe Hollinger at all, John Hollinger on this at all. But he's got this complicated formula, and he calculated out that he thinks – um, Mikel Bridges is worth as much as $30 million a year. Um, what do you think of that? And, and where have you heard on Mikel Bridges? Um, I mean, well, first of all, I, I don't know what formula he's using to get him at $30 million. I, I That, off the top of my head, seems like a lot. But if he ever did hit restricted free agency, you'd have to overpay to even make it remotely close for a, a team to consider letting a guy walk. So from that aspect, it's interesting. But – you know, early early estimate, like 20-plus million. Um, you know, you got to remember, like, there are guys out there, like Lonzo Ball got four for 84. So, you know, could he be maybe in that range, something along those lines? Could he get to 25? Maybe, maybe. But uh, to me, just off the top of my head, 30 million sounds like a lot. Yeah, for a guy that's a that's a, a a really good a really good role player on a potential championship team, but that's just my take. No, I agree. I, I, it seems like uh, there's there, the earlier room earlier this month, or or sorry, in September, was that the talks were in the ninety five to one hundred million range over four years because you cannot as a rookie extension. You can only go five years if you go max. And so four years can be less than max. Up to four years can be less than max. So three or four years on an extension for Bridges, um, if it was four years, somewhere around $100 million is is a number that was have been floated around. I don't know by which side. So I'm curious if that finishes out. If Sarver does have a reputation, if you take out, take out the Devin Booker situation, um, it's that he waits until the last second to do these rookie extensions if he does them. Uh, they're usually right around training camp or later. Um, Boris Diaw, way back in the day, got his done minutes before the deadline um, expired, and, and he was happy about that. So 
I, I don't I don't think Roberts I think Robert Sarver is treating the deadline as exactly that the deadline and to negotiate until the last pop, possible second. But man, I worry about restricted free agency season coming up for these guys. If their if their bubble was the perfect incubator for creating a great chemistry, putting two of your four best guys into a I got to get mine to prove my worth season is probably about the worst thing you can do from for for someone and coming into, you know, this season, this all important season, you wrote something on restricted free agency, Michael, recently. Um, what is, what's the talk amongst the, the, the teams and the, and the agents on, on how that plays out and whether that's a good or a bad thing? Sure. I mean, the biggest thing about restricted free agency is certainly it plays into the hands of the teams and it makes it hard for young guys. Like you saw, look what happened with Lowry Markin and, this past summer. Um, basically, um, there were no restricted free agents that signed an offer sheet this summer. And, and to me, that just spoke a lot of val- um, volume about the market. Um, you look at the summer of 2022, and my colleague, Yossi Goslin, our salary cap expert, who's hype, and my co-host on the podcast, he wrote about uh, the lack of money that's out there right now for teams on paper and how that market could be dry. So if teams don't have money, they're not going to be able to make the offer sheets um, where you would like. So uh, to me, uh, the biggest thing with those type of negotiations is it really it starts with the rookie scale extension talks like you're seeing now with Aiton and Bridges because – for the agents and the player, they're going to find out what the team really thinks of them early on in the process. And, you know, if they have to go get an offer sheet elsewhere, um, a lot of times there's a little bit of bad blood there in the sense that um, they had to go out and get paid elsewhere. Like they couldn't get taken care of by their own team. And it, it, that is one of the things that has ruffled some feathers um, that we've seen during like previous uh, talks and whatnot, when you look at um, the restricted free agency market, um, you know, there's been some stories, some some agents told me where uh, an executive was trying to tell a player that the agent was messing up the deal because they wanted to get it done. And um, it, it can get messy. It really can if, if uh, talks get contentious, you know. Um, that was one of the that was one of the lead quotes in that story. But um, other than that, you know, if you're a small market team, um, you know, one GM told me that for a smaller market team, it becomes incredibly important. We don't have the ability to extract free agents like other big market teams do. Um, and last but not least, you know, regarding restricted free agency, you know, you have that opportunity where a player can pull like a Kristaps Porzingis and threaten to sign the one-year qualifying offer if he really wants to get out. But teams are always going to leverage against that and say, you're really going to pass on hundreds of millions of dollars of life-changing money because you can get hurt and lose that in in the blink of an eye. So uh, a lot of times players seem to try to get the money and then go from there. But uh, an interesting dynamic, certainly. Um, my biggest thing just regarding Aiton and Bridges is, I mean, Aiton – is going to get a lot of like if Aiton hit the market and Bridges hit the market, I think teams would be willing to spend as much as they can to like pry those guys from Phoenix. So at that point, you might as well just lock them up anyway. Why? Why just save yourself right. the headache? That's my stance, at least, Dave. Yeah, going back on uh, just talking about, uh, I think we're in agreement on Aiton. Aiton's going to 
going to get the max somewhere. The problem with Aiton is that if you wait through the season, first of all, you build a little bit of bad blood all season long. Plus, you mm-hmm. introduce the prospect of the disease of me. You know, after a really great season where everybody exceeded expectations and uh, as a team, but you may have made sacrifices personally to make that happen, you you might want to start stop making those sacrifices and start being about you, especially if you're being held back on your negotiations because you're not putting up the stats. Like Aiden accepted taking 30% fewer shots this past year. He went from 15 shots a game to 10 shots a game. And the dude who gets all the shots he wants but doesn't do anything else is Michael Porter Jr. And he got a max, max, max extension for scoring. And Aiden, that was the one thing Aiden gave up was scoring to do everything else better. And if he's being um, uh, held, you know, held hostage for that, he's going to insist on scoring more. And that just becomes a disease of me problem. I worry about that. The Suns creating that as an issue. Um, have you talked with uh, with agents or, or front office folks at all about how players, you know, they they become more about themselves because of that restricted free agency season that they got they got to show themselves better. Yeah, I mean that's uh, certainly one part of the dynamic, but we didn't go in depth. I mean, it was mostly more kind of common knowledge at that point because sure. if you're not. You're also, again, looking at it a certain way as if the team doesn't want to pay you kind of what you're looking for and you're essentially like like the Joe Johnson situation when you were off by and you were saying like a million dollars. I don't remember how far apart they were, but if you're that far off and a team wants to like really hardball you like that, yeah, I could definitely see trying to get uh, your stats. And also, even if you're far apart, like if you think you're worth, I don't know, five million and a team more than the team is offering, then you're definitely going to try to go get your own stats to show that, well, fine, you don't think that. I'm going to make somebody else feel that way. Yeah, I think for every perfect outcome with uh, John Collins, I mean, from the outside looking in, if you're not in the Atlanta market and all that, that was a perfect outcome for a team who thinks they can run to, to their, you know, who can go through the final season to restrict a free agency. Uh, Cause John Collins did not want to accept less than less than a, um, a less money last fall. He, he got offered 90 some million. And he said, no, that's not good enough for me. Uh, four years, 90 some million. So then this year <clears throat> he goes through the whole season. There's trade rumors all season long. He finally doesn't get traded. They make the conference finals. He gets his money over five years, but it's basically the same money. It's about 25 million a year. Um, and he's all happy and everybody loves each other and, and they went further than they were supposed to. And that's the perfect outcome. But the more likely outcome is that the disease of me causes problems um, uh, and, and or the guy just leaves when you don't want him to leave, like Gordon Hayward a few years ago, even Kawhi Leonard a few years ago. He, he didn't like the fact that the Spurs made him wait on his extension until after they had dealt with other free agency. And reportedly that became part of the reason he was just done with the Spurs and he wanted to move on. Um, You don't want to create, you want to introduce that kind of problem in there. I don't think. And that's, that's the big concern that I would have for the Suns this season. Sure. They're all under contract. They'll show up. They'll play. They're playing now. They'll continue to play this year. But if you create that bad blood, it's just it's just like introducing a virus into the bloodstream. It it doesn't work long term, you know. Um, regarding bridges, uh, another another question on 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 bridges is you know you look at Otto Porter uh, a few years ago, uh, 
mm-hmm. don't think Bridges is much lower than Otto Porter on a, on a rating scale, a third-year player scale of talent. And Porter got the max extension, max offer sheet, and left for the Bulls, right? I believe because of that offer sheet, and the other, his his team didn't want to didn't want to match it. Uh, same thing with uh, oh gosh, Zach Levine, I believe. Maybe it was Zach Levine. I can't remember exactly who another guy got a max extension offer that their team didn't think they would get, and the team either has to yeah. accept it or or uh, let the yeah let the Otto, go. Otto got it from the Nets, and then Zach Levine with the Kings previously. That's it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was it. Zach Levine got it from the Kings, and the and the Bulls had to accept had to had to match it. Um, the other thing you can do with those uh, restricted free agent offer sheets, because teams try to make it so that uh, if you're going to go to the trouble of making an offer sheet that the incumbent team won't accept, is you can do uh, modest front loading. You know, you can put um, your you can start with your biggest number and you and you can fold in part some some portion of a signing bonus. I know it's not that big, but uh, you can front load basically the contract and then give them a fourth year out to where it becomes a lot less interesting than just a standard max contract uh that you could have given the guy on your own and makes it uh less less fun for the for the matching you know the incumbent team to match and and the suns run the risk of that happening with both eight and bridges yeah um yeah no 100 percent. yeah so now landry shaman you said you heard uh, that there was a 50-50 chance on a Landry Shamit extension coming out. Can you imagine how the Suns fans would react if Shamit was the only one who got an extension? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, you know, I think Landry's. Um, I think you you told me you saw like a a range that's maybe. Uh, Hollinger for- said that uh, three years, twenty four million. His little formula. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure. I get. I'll say this. I get the sense that Landry Shamit and his camp would want more than that so again i don't i don't know if it's going to happen um but um you know is there a middle ground there maybe but i to your point yeah like eight and bridge has got to be the priority you can um you can retain landry shamit later on um i do think he'll have a decent year uh, and has an opportunity to have a big year with uh monty williams so um i i like it for him um ultimately but um, I think the fit there, but in terms of an extension, um, I think it's a Phoenix gets them at a number they like right now. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, I, this is a curveball, so it's totally okay if you're not, um, in the, in the loop on this or whatever, have anything on this, but campaign ended up signing for a lot less than we thought he would command on the open market. He signed for about 6 million a year, three years, mm-hmm. 19 million. Um, had you heard anything back in free agency about campaign and, and whether he should have gotten more than that, or was his really his value as low as that? No, I thought maybe the highest he could have got was maybe eight million a year okay. annually. So I don't think it was that far off. Um, okay. But you know, good on good on the Suns and, and getting that done. I mean, the kid played well, and he's been kind of a late bloomer. Um, so I, I think for them, it, it was the right fit. Um, you know, other. I mean, the point guard carousel was wild. You know, you had the whole. You had Kyrie. Excuse me. You had Kyle Lowry. You had Lonzo Ball. Um, Lonzo a ton of money. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, Kyle. I think Kyle was kind of the first domino. I, I, it kind of seemed to me that New Orleans was positioning themselves to make a really strong offer for Kyle uh, with the with the trades that they made and, and getting off Valanciunas and Bledsoe, and then 
Miami comes in and they do their thing and they, they make moves and uh, they end up getting him. And I think that puts them in a much better position in the East now uh, to be a contender. So, um, yeah, but as far as campaign, I, I think it was just lost in the shuffle a little bit. Plus, look at it this way, Dave. Um, Spencer Dimwitty, his his deal with the Wizards, that took a little bit of time just because of the complicated uh, kind of sign and trade they had to do with the Wizards. And you know, right. they had the Russell Westbrook stuff. There's like musical chairs uh, on so steroids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, I was just curious about that because that's another worry I have is that the Suns are – were so intent on getting deals, they kind of squeezed campaign more than they needed to. But if you were hearing not much more than eight, then I think that was that was pretty fair. Um, okay, last question I have for you before I let you go. Thank you so much for your time today. Is you guys wrote an article on breakout players for 2021, and while none of the Suns really um, topped the list at all, because you're probably looking for guys who really really need breakouts, and the Suns probably already qualify as having broken out. Um, there was a mention of Mikel Bridges with a couple of votes among executives, and there was a mention of uh, DeAndre Aiden with uh, a little bit lower than that on votes. What have you heard or, or what do you think um, uh, that we should expect from Bridges and Aiden this year, taking contract stuff out of it just in general as, as young players growing? Do you think we saw the best of them yet? I, I think certainly Aiden uh, elevated his game in the playoffs. Now, regarding the poll, I think the reason – they came a little lower in the breakout uh, section was because they had already done so in the playoffs and in the finals. You know, you kind of knew what they were just like Michael Porter jr. To me, when some people voted for him, I was like, come on, man, we, we know he's good. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, in terms of them, I think, I think bridges offensively uh, can get more points, but I love his efficiency. You know, I, I you don't want to sacrifice that um, same thing with Aiton. I think Aiton can score more, but he's been so efficient with Chris Paul um, I, I really think like from an efficiency standpoint last year was the peak. If they do better than that, um, that'd be tremendous for the Suns. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate your time today. And, uh, if you do hear anything more breaking on Aiden, uh, be, make sure I'm the first to know. Okay. Send me a text <laughs> on Aiden and Bridges. I, I feel like, look, my, my guess is that it's going to be 11th hour and I'm just hoping that, that Robert Sarver isn't playing a game of chicken that he's unwilling to lose. I think he's playing the game of chicken, but I'm hoping he's willing to compromise at the last second. We'll find out, I guess, Monday is the deadline for rookie extensions Monday the 18th, uh, the day before the first day of the season, and the Suns tip off the season on Wednesday. And hopefully we'll have a couple of happy players on that day, at least two. So thank you so much for your time, Michael. Tell us where we can find you and uh, tell us what work you want to promote. Sure, you got it, Dave. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto, M-I-K-E-A-S-C-O-T-T-O. As far as work coming up, um i'm i'm looking into writing about which guys for each team could be the top trade candidate uh this year uh so it's going to be a big 30 team story on that um one hand looking forward to on the other hand it's obviously a lot of work so that'll be uh that's something i'm that's something i'm working on next and uh like i said you know we touched on pretty much the whole episode with you uh on the latest edition of hoopside podcast uh touched on a bunch of rookie scale extension talks 
uh, you know, in addition to Mikhail Bridges, you got Miles Bridges, um, you got Kevin Herter and a bunch of other guys out there, Wendell Carter, Jaron Jackson, Colin Sexton, et cetera. Uh, we touched on that. Be sure to check that out on Hoops Hype Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And it's on front page on hoopsite.com as well. That's awesome. Hey, you know what? You just gave me an idea for one last bonus question. Would you, and I won't put you on the spot, but uh, if you don't want to be, but would you put Aiden or Bridges on the trade block if they don't sign extensions? No. I wouldn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it happened with John Collins last year. There's a lot of talk about possibly trading him before letting him go if they weren't going to sign him. But I always thought that was kind of a lot of bluster. I mean, uh, just by people who wanted trades to happen. I yeah. I mean, if, if, the they gonna gonna get, if they were going to get if they were going to get a really high lottery pick, like top 10, maybe they would have considered it. But, um, you know, I, I mean, Aiden was a former number one pick. Bridges was a lottery pick. You'd have to give like a top seven pick. I don't think anybody's trying to do that necessarily yet. Um, it's a, to me, just ride it out, keep the guys, do what you got to do. Because even if you don't get the deal done now, you could always turn around and, and pay them later on on your own. You don't even have to let them go into restricted free agency. But, I mean, yeah. just do it now. Just do it now. You could just agree like they did with John Collins. Uh, the, the Hawks did. They just ended up giving him the deal the next spring. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Michael. Uh, you, go, you take care and let me know what you hear. You got it, Dave. Thanks. My pleasure. And thank you for coming and listening to the show today, folks. I appreciate you finding me on this new feed. If you like what you heard today and on other episodes, share this pod with your friends. Not everybody has found the new solar panel feed. We get fresh national and local guests every episode at least once a week, if not twice or three times. And before you go today, right now, please make sure you're subscribed or following and getting notifications when new episodes are released. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate a five-star rating and a review if you've got the time. But at least that rating, that would really help me rebuild. Thank you. Talk to you next time.